invested. My question this morning is how invested are you? How invested are you in Jesus? Are you fully in? Are you fully invested in Jesus? Or are you holding back this morning? Are you holding back a part of your life? Fully invested. You know, Jesus invests in our life. He invested everything. He invested his life into us so that we could be changed, so that we we could then invest in others. He invested in us so that then we could invest in others. If it was supposed to end at our salvation, then, as I've heard other pastors say before, he would take us out. We would die at the moment of our salvation. Right? So he invests in us so we can take what he's put into us and invest it in others. That's the miracle. Commitment in being invested in something is to have commitment and devotion to it. Are we committed and are we devoted to Jesus this morning? Is our life completely taken over by his presence and by what he's called us to? If you're invested in something, you're fully in it, aren't you? You're fully in. If you're invested in a football team or whatever, you know, you go to practices. You train hard. You know, maybe you buy, you buy all the uniform like you're in. You don't just play. You can't just play. Like, you've actually got to be invested. You've got to do the hard yards. That's all part of being invested. But what I love about Jesus is he was fully into you before you were fully into him. He was invested in you before you even came along to this earth because he knew you. He knew you before you were born. I'm just loving watching The Chosen. I don't know about you, but... The series The Chosen is amazing. I recommend it to everyone. And I have been blown away by just the interactions with Jesus and his disciples. And what has stood out to me is that they were a mixed bunch, right? (laughs) They were such a mixed bunch of people that he gathered together for his purpose, because he saw something great in them. He saw more than they would ever see or could ever see. And that's exactly what he does with our lives. He chooses us. He chooses us to be a part of that journey with him, to go along with him and to see a miracle of transformation unfold in each one of our lives, that we would never be the same again. 
One encounter with Jesus changes everything. There's a moment where, and I'm just loving the character Matthew. He's, he's just great, love him. And there's a moment where Jesus locks eyes with Matthew. And it's just like mesmerizing. He sees him. He looks past his, all of his stuff, his, you know, the fact that he's betrayed his people, the fact that he's made money off of doing the wrong thing and hoarding up this money and following, you know, betraying his own people. Can you imagine what that would have been like? And he chooses the rough fishermen and the others, and he just throws them all together, (laughs) you know, just like he does with us. All of us coming from different backgrounds, you know, but he sees us. He sees who we can become. That is because he's invested in us. His life is invested in us, fully, fully into us. An investment produces a return, or it's not a good investment. An investment in each one of us produces life, is a multiplication factor that happens in our life when Jesus comes along. He takes brokenness and he turns it into beauty. It says, beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning. So he multiplies and makes things better. He transforms our lives. Like Pastor Corey said, we become a new creation. We should be unrecognisable to what we were when we first encountered Jesus. Each one of us should be unrecognisable. I know in my life, I was a shy, withdrawn, intimidated, fearful person. And God changed me. He changed me. He put courage inside of me. He filled me up with his love so that I could see what he saw. An investment he makes into our life is long-term. It's not a short-term investment. It's a long-term investment because it's for eternity till we end up in heaven. It's a long-term investment. It's not till something better comes along. He's invested in you. We're the ones who give up on him. He's not the one who gives up on us. We are the ones who give up on him sometimes. In John 10.10, one of my favourite verses, the thief comes, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come so that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, more 
abundantly. We think we're living before Jesus. No, we're just existing. Life comes when our spirit comes into connection with Jesus. It comes to life. And our life begins to have purpose and meaning as he pours out into us living water, living water, an abundance that keeps flowing in our connection with him. The pure word says, I have come that they should have life and should be having more in excess. More in excess. And investment, his investment in us means that we will always have more. We won't lack. We will have more. His spirit in us produces more. It can't help itself because it is life. Jesus is life. Wherever he is, things should be healthy. Things should be growing. Things should be multiplying. An invitation from Jesus requires a response from us to be fully in, to be fully invested. His invitation requires a response. What was the response from the disciples? He said, follow me. They gave up everything. They left the life that they knew. They didn't know what the heck they'd gotten themselves in for. It's not like he gave them a a plan. This is what I'm doing. This is where we're going. No, they immediately got up, left their homes, left everything they knew, left their jobs and followed. Obediently, just followed. An invitation to intimacy. Jesus wants a relationship with you. Each of our relationships with him is unique. Completely unique from one another. He requires and he wants intimacy with you. An invitation to intimacy and to be involved in our life. He wants to be involved in every aspect of our life. We actually pray about decisions before we make them rather than getting confirmation from God once we've made it. Do you know those ones where we want something and we make the decision, then we go, is that all right with you, God? Well, a bit late now, isn't it? (laughs) You know? Jesus wants to be involved in your life. He wants to multiply your life in every way. Jesus' encounter changes us. He sees who we can become. Jesus chooses us. You know, we all of our gifts and talents, you know, they're completely unique from each other. But how much more powerful are they when Jesus touches our life? We discover gifts 
that we never thought we had. You know what happened with the disciples was they completely taken out of their comfort zone. And Jesus took them on a journey where they used gifts that they never thought they had. That they never, just, they just never ever thought that they would, they would be. And he does that with all of us. When we are invested, he takes our life and he transforms it so that we could do things that we never, ever thought that we could do because of his life in us. He gives us forgiveness of sin. He gives us healing from the past. Healing, restoration. He gives us more. We bring our life and he gives us more. More. And what do we need to do in return? What is our response in return? Jesus asks us to follow. And in Deuteronomy 10, 12, it says, And now, Israel, what does Jehovah your God ask of you? But to fear Jehovah your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve Jehovah your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Our investment is to be obedient, is to respond, is to ask Jesus into our heart and our life and to love him with all of our heart and with all of our soul. To let him into our life 100%. Everything. Every hurt, every unforgiveness, everything that is in our life, we are to give to him. Every part of it, every disappointment, every fear, everything. But when we fear and love God with all that we have and we follow him, we produce good things in our life. We can't help it. We can't help but produce good things in our life if we allow God into our life. Right? The Pharisees didn't have God in their life. They had rules, they had regulations, they had good intentions, they had nice religious ways of doing things, but God wasn't in their heart because the rules were for everyone else and not for them. They weren't submitted to God fully. In the parable of the seed and the sower, I encourage you to go and read that because I can't go through it all today. But Jesus gives an illustration of how he gives every single one of us talents. And each one of us gets given a different amount. But what he expects us to do with that is he actually expects us to use them and to multiply them. 
And what that means is the gifts that he puts in your life, if you submit them to Jesus, they will be multiplied. But if you don't use them and you just bury them out of laziness, he's not pleased with that at all. Because we've been called to follow him and that means using what he's put in our life too to bless others. Faith without works is dead. So faith and works go together. Matthew 4.20 at the end of that parable it says, "And, and these are those sown on good ground who hear the word and welcome it and bear fruit. 130, 160, and one a hundredth. So each one of us is given according to our ability. So God knows exactly how much he can entrust to us. And therefore, out of that, each one of us will produce a different amount. But the thing is, in all of us, it will be a multiplication factor if we use those gifts for God's glory. Because an investment should always produce more. Otherwise, it's not a good investment. You know, in the other part of that scripture, it talks about the seed that has been sown on other ground. And, and you would have seen that in other people's lives. I've, I've been surrounded by other Christians who have fallen away. And they've allowed the things of the world to choke the word out of their life or they've had offence and so they're not walking with Jesus anymore. And there's all sorts of different reasons why that has happened. But if you welcome the word in your life, if you allow God's word to penetrate your heart and you do something with it, there will be a multiplication factor you will touch other people by using what he has given you. So others will see it too when your life is transformed. The disciples believed in Jesus, they followed him, and then then what they had invested in them, they then invested in others. Can you think, 12 disciples, I mean there was other ones that weren't so close to Jesus, transformed the world. They didn't just keep it to themselves. They didn't just stop doing things when Jesus left them. No. They went out and they continued to do what he had told them to do. And what is the fruit that should be produced in our life? In Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. If God's love is in us, that's the sort of stuff we should be producing in our life. God's love, God's patience, self-control, meekness, patience, kindness. And not only that, the gifts and talents that he has given to us, we need to lay them down 
at his feet for his glory and ask him, what do you want to do with my life? And how do you want to use me to reach others? What can I do as a servant? What can I do? In Matthew 25, 14, there is also another parable. And Jesus talks about giving talents to each of his servants and then leaving them to do what they're supposed to do with something, with it. And it says, For it is as if a man going abroad called his own servants and gave them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. And he went abroad at once. So in this story... At the end, each of them had an opportunity. Each of them had an opportunity to do something. And when Jesus came back to ask them what they had done, the first two people had multiplied what had they, they had been given and the other person did nothing with it. And there was a consequence to that, that laziness of that servant. So each person has been given an opportunity, talents and gifts that have been invested in you and given to you and entrusted to you. How amazing is that, that God entrusts to us to look after, but he's going to come back and he's going to ask for an account. Like Pastor Ian said the week before, we, all of us will be asked to give an account of our life of what we've done with what we've been given. In Romans 12.4, it lists off some of the gifts that, that we, could, we could have. For even as we have many members in one body and all members do not have the same function, so we the many are the one body in Christ and each one members of one another. Then having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, if prophecy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry in the ministry, or he who teaches in the teaching, or he who exhorts, that's like encourages, in the encouragement, or he who shares in simplicity, or who, he who takes the lead in diligence, or he who shows mercy in cheerfulness, let love be without hypocrisy, shrinking from evil, cleaving to good, in brotherly love to one another, loving fervently, having led one another in honour. As to diligence, not slothful, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in affliction, steadfastly continuing in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, pursuing hospitality. So many different ways that we can bless people. Maybe God has given you a gift of hospitality, but you've done nothing with it. But you can actually invite people into your home and you can bless them. That's multiplying your gift. That's using your gift for God's glory. That is a multiplication factor because you're actually using it. 
Maybe God's given you that gift of faith or encouragement. So encourage people. Use your gift and multiply it. Encourage people. Come alongside them. Whatever gift that God has given you, each one of you has something that he has entrusted you with to use for his glory, to use that his name would be proclaimed, that people would see in you something different. They would see that Jesus has transformed your life from the person that you once were because we can all be selfish and we can all focus on ourselves. But Jesus invests in each one of us so that we will invest in others. So that we can share what we have with others. Share that love with the world by demonstration of his love in your life. So ask yourself this morning, what has Jesus invested in me? What is the gift that he has given me? What can I use for his glory? Submit it to him and it will multiply. Submit it to him and he will do something amazing with it. He will put power on it. You know, the disciples went round blessing people, laying hands on them, healing them, seeing people set free, demons being released. They gave away what Jesus had given them, the power of God that he had put in them. He was able to release and see people set free. Maybe God has called you just to lay hands on people and see them be healed. Don't hold it to yourself. Let's invest in others because we will give an account. Let's pray right now in this place, mighty God. Thank you, God. Thank you for the investment of life that you put into us. Thank you, God, for your death on the cross that you held nothing back from us. In this place this morning is an opportunity right now for those, for anyone here that does not have that relationship with Jesus, for anyone here that's feeling lost, a little bit overwhelmed with life, whatever it is, that's your opportunity now to just give your life to him this morning, to see him transform your life. Just lift up your hands so that I can see your hand this morning. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, God. You know, he's calling his people back right now. There's an urgency right across the earth that we need to be right. So if that's you this morning, if you're feeling that your heart is overwhelmed this morning by his presence, I want you just to lift up your hand in faith and say, pray for me. Pray for me that I would know him. Thank you, God. Or maybe this morning you feel like God's calling you to invest 
your gifts. He's calling you to just be fully in. Lift your hand right now and just acknowledge before him, you know, God, I'm fully in. I fully want to just invest this morning. You know, show me what, show me what you want me to do, God. Amen. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else this morning, I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, God. And you're calling us to a deeper relationship with you this morning, Lord. All right, amen. I'm going to pray for those people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. That you call us to be fully in. You call us to be in abandonment to you, Lord God. That you have an amazing plan for our life that we cannot fully comprehend. And I thank you, Jesus, for every hand that was lifted. God, I bring them before you. Lord, that you would take them into a new a, a dynamic relationship with you, God, that you would take them further. God, that you anoint their gifts right now. In the name of Jesus, for your glory, we pray. Thank you, God. Amen. We're going to sing one more song, but if you'd like any prayer this morning, um, the altar's always open. Amen.